Jen Hong to come forward real quick. And also uh, Lorenzo Williams, if you can come forward. Last week, uh, Jen was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And she was also, also baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And Lorenzo, amen. God bless you. We're excited. God filled Lorenzo with the baptism of the Holy Ghost last week. And we rejoice with these people. God bless you. Amen. And uh, the exciting thing is that this glorious experience is for everyone. And uh, the Lord promised uh, through the Apostle Peter that the promise would be for you and your children, all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And when you feel the Lord's presence, when you come into a service and maybe you don't fully understand what's happening and you can't um, necessarily equate the experiences you're having with previous experiences from earlier in your life. And you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel something. And that's the presence of the Lord that you feel. And that's God calling you, amen, and beckoning you into uh, His presence. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went that He entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received Him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. But Martha was, was cumbered about much serving and came to Him and said, Lord, dost Thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. I want you to say needful. It means necessary, essential, needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. Last night, uh, I will confess to you while I was in prayer, seeking God's direction for today, seeking God's direction for my life as always, I felt the Lord impress upon me that I have been guilty and that I need to speak to the church about this as well. And that is I get caught up doing things that are good. Ministry, family, occupational, things that are good. But what happens is I, and maybe you can relate as well, get so caught up in doing things that are good that we forget about the things that are necessary and needful. And I want to preach just for a couple minutes, just for a few minutes today uh, on this subject. Doing the good while neglecting the necessary. Doing the good while neglecting the necessary. And in this reading we see Martha who is doing good, being a good hostess, taking care of the physical needs of people in her house. But while she was doing good, she was missing out on what was necessary for her. And Mary, on the other hand, made sure that when Jesus was in the house, she took advantage of that opportunity to do those things that are necessary. Let's ask for God's blessing. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the power of your spirit that we have felt in this house today. 
And I thank you, Jesus, for the ministry, Lord, that has already transpired as a result of faith and as a result of prayer and as a result of anointed singing that has the power to break the yoke of sin. Lord God, I pray for the next few moments that you would use my body, my voice, and my mouth, Lord Jesus, to declare your principles, Lord God, and to reveal to your people your will for them. Lord, I pray that the end result be, dear God, that somebody would make a decision to put the things that are essential back at the forefront in their life. Lord Jesus, not fall into the trap uh, under the strategy of the enemy to get wrapped up in doing good things and neglecting what is necessary in order to maintain our focus, in order to maintain our strength, in order to move into a spirit of revival that you have planned for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And we ask all these things so that you'll receive great glory and that your kingdom would be expanded. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. It's interesting as I, as I look through the Word of God, I see examples of people who were doing good things and neglecting necessary things. In Mark chapter 10, there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus Christ and said, Good Master, what do I need to do in order to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Why callest thou me good? There's none good save God. And uh, then Jesus said, You need to remember the commandments that were given by Moses. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, so on and so forth. And uh, the man who had come to Jesus with this right request, what do I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, No doubt became satisfied and happy, maybe became a little bit at ease and relaxed as he realized that Jesus was mentioning things that had to do with his religion. And uh, religion was something that was very important to him. And he was an avid observer of his religion. And he said to the Lord Jesus, Lord, I have kept all of these commandments my whole life. Not stealing, not killing, not bearing false witness, not being covetous. And uh, then the Lord said, One thing thou lackest. He said, I want you to go sell everything that you have. I want you to take up your cross. I want you to follow after me. The Bible says that the young ruler was saddened because he had many possessions. He owned a lot of stuff. But the point here is not the stuff, not the finances, but the point is that he was doing good. He was taking care of the things that fall into the category of religion. He was obeying the laws and keeping the commandments. But Jesus said there's something that goes beyond good into the realm of necessary. And it has to do with an encounter and a relationship with me. See, Jesus was calling this man not just away from his riches, but God was calling this man into a relationship, an intimate and close and personable relationship with him that would be more than just a one-time encounter or a brush one day as they pass cross paths, but rather it would be an encounter that would transform this man's life. And while his observance of religion was good, Jesus said, you're taking care of the good, but you're not willing to look into the necessary. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 was a very pious and upright individual. You could read it in the Bible for yourself. Acts chapter 10 tells the story of this Uh, a Greek, this Gentile man 
who was an upright person and a believer in Jehovah. The Bible says that he was uh, apt to give good, give gifts to the poor. He was uh, apt to give uh, money to the uh, the kingdom of God. He also was a man of prayer, and he was a man of great purity. And uh, the Bible lets us know that because of his uprightness and his purity and his giving, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a vision and said, I'm going to arrange an encounter between you and a man named Peter. And when you come in contact with this man, he will tell you what you ought to do. And that lets me know that while this man was a good man, he was a good citizen, he was a righteous person, he never did anything to hurt anyone else, he was willing to give to those in need. He committed time each day to pray. But the Bible lets us know that while he was doing these good things, there was something necessary that was missing that he ought to do. And the Bible goes further to let us know that Peter was uh, arranged an encounter by God with Cornelius. Peter came to his household. Cornelius said, let me know everything that is commanded by God. And uh, Peter went further to tell Cornelius the story of Jesus Christ and his life and his miracles and his death on a cross and the blood that was shed as an atonement for bodies and for lives and the death and the burial and then the resurrection that Jesus experienced taking authority over death. And the Bible says that while Peter was preaching the message of Jesus Christ, The Holy Spirit fell on them that were gathered together there that day. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the words to say. The Jews that were with Peter, up to that point, only Jews had received the Holy Ghost. And they assumed maybe that this New Testament experience was only for the literal children of Abraham. And they were shocked. But they said, these people have received the Holy Ghost because we hear them speak with tongues and magnify and give glory unto the Lord. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, Peter realized God is doing the gospel in their life as well. And so he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that day, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. See, the point that I'm making here today is there are things that are good, but there are also things that are necessary. And there is a difference between good things and necessary necessary things. And while it's good to be a church attender, and it's good to be a religious person, and it's good to mow your lawn, and it's good to pay your taxes, and it's good to be a good neighbor, and it's good to look out for people and give money to charities, the Bible makes it clear that there is an essential for your life, and that is the new birth experience. Very plainly, it means you need to make a decision to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I've been in control so far, but from this day forward, I'm not going to be in the driver's seat. Jesus, you take the wheel from now on. You take control of my life. I'm not going to do my own thing anymore. I'm turning my life over to you. And by the way, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my iniquities. Let that blood that was shed on the rugged cross be applied to my life to transform and to change me and to deliver me from a life of sin. 
then the Bible commands that you be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Because there is atonement in the water when you obey in Jesus' name. Amen? It's not the water that has the supernatural power. It's obedience. Amen? And it's the name of Jesus Christ that has the power. And when you go down in the waters in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that your sins are washed away. The Bible says that you're buried with Jesus Christ in obedience to the gospel. And when you come up out of the water, you have a promise from the Word of God. And that is, if you repent and you're baptized in Jesus' name, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. This is not just for a select few. This is not just for the super spiritual. This is not just for the Pentecostals. But this is for whosoever will. This is a promise from God. And I've seen children receive the Holy Ghost. I saw a 93-year-old man receive the Holy Ghost. I've seen black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, Arabic people, from all nationalities and from all tongues be filled with this universe gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My good works can't save me. It's good to be a good person, but it's necessary to obey the gospel. Why? Because the only thing that can save you is not your good works, but the blood of Jesus. And when you obey the gospel, this is God's plan for applying his blood to your life. Everybody hear what I'm saying? Your only hope is the blood of Jesus. Amen. You can't give enough money to charity to take care of your sin problem. Amen. You can't be clean and pure. You can't give up enough bad habits to take care of your sin problem. You're just being good. But the Bible says there's some necessary things that you have to take care of. And whenever the judgment comes upon the world, I want the blood of Jesus on my life. Whenever I stand before the Lord, I don't want to... I don't want to uh, uh, just present a list of good works that I've had uh, because good works won't save me. But there's one thing that will save me. That's the blood of Jesus. Uh, And I don't want to focus on being a good person and lose sight of the fact that I've got to obey the gospel and get the blood of Jesus on my life. Uh, And I got a house full of people that know what I'm talking about. Uh, Hallelujah. You obeyed the gospel. You repented of your sins. You were baptized in Jesus name. You received the gift of the Holy Ghost and your life has been changed through the power. Do I have a witness in the house? That this is the greatest experience that can happen in your life. And according to the Word of God, it's an essential. Doing good and doing what's necessary. What's the difference between doing something good and doing what's essential and necessary? I heard a story one time. There was a lady that was associated with my family. Um, I'll give you her first name. Her first name's Judy. You don't need to know the last name. Not that anyone would know her anyhow. But um, uh, she was uh, in a very wealthy family. Her husband was a successful businessman. And uh, she was, um, you know, the ultimate Elizabeth Taylor in her taste and style and fashion. Just had all the finest. And that was the first mansion that I ever went to when I was a kid. And and I grew up um, not in abject poverty, but I grew up very modest lifestyle. And I remember walking into that house and just going, whoa. This is unbelievable. And uh, the story about Judy that's very interesting to me is she bought one of those brand new Cadillacs several years ago when I was a child. One of those brand new Cadillacs that had the spoked wheels on the outside mounted on the car. One of those real fancy classical uh, Cadillac cars. She bought it brand new and it was a beautiful car and she was proud of it. And she would take it to the 
uh, take it and get it washed every week. That thing shined like you wouldn't believe. But you know what? When that car got up around 50,000 miles, she had tremendous problems with it, and it blew up. The engine blew up. And uh, she went to the mechanic and said, I don't know what the problem is. I bought this car new, taking good care of it. He said, when's the last time you changed the oil? And she said, what do you mean? He said, you change the oil every 3,000 or 5,000 miles? She said, no, I've never changed the oil in this rig. And so what was happening is she was washing her car, making sure it's shiny and clean. That's good. But she wasn't changing the oil. She was neglecting the necessary while she was taking care of the good. And uh, sometimes uh, uh, in, in, in our lives, in, in spiritual things, we get wrapped up in doing good things. And we forget about what's necessary to our spiritual health. You know, uh, you may like to give money to charity. That's a good thing to give money to charity. The problem is, is you can give money to charity, but you still have to pay your taxes. While giving money to charity is good, we found out in, in the United States of America, paying your taxes is essential or necessary. Amen? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There's some things that are good to do, other things that are necessary. Amen? I, I, I'm interested in raising my kids right. Anybody else interested in raising your kids the right way? And there's certain decisions you have to make and certain uh, sacrifices that you have to make and certain rules that you have to put in place in order to raise kids the right way. And I believe in, in uh, uh, rewarding your children and doing fun things with your kids. And uh, um, I remember uh, a couple years ago, I took Cambria to Disneyland. And uh, it was so fun because we got to see all the princesses and uh, even the um, Beauty and the Beast and uh, all of these things. And we went on some rides together. We rode the teacups until we almost threw up. And uh, it was fun to go to Disneyland. I'm a good parent because I do good things with my kids. But... You know, the, the, what, what, would be the, uh, what would be the wisdom of taking your kids to Disneyland but never taking your kids to the dentist and never having them brush their teeth or anything? You're, you're doing good, but you're neglecting things that are more essential and more necessary. And that's what I'm talking about today. Uh, from the Word of the Lord, we see that Martha and Mary were uh, a study in contrast. Martha was wrapped up in the good, but Mary realized that there was something more essential and more necessary that was available. Let me use one more example here. Uh, Brother Sergio, you look nice today. You, you're dressed very nice, and I really like that tie. It's a nice, uh, it's a very nice uh, uh, accoutrement. Uh, can you translate that word? Uh, and it looks nice, Brother Sergio, but I wish you would have worn a shirt today. No, I'm just kidding. He has a shirt on. But you see what I'm saying? Doing something good and neglecting what's necessary. And Mary and Martha had a guest at their house, and how many of you have ever, ever had a guest at your house before that you kind of wanted to impress a little bit? You wanted to do your very best. Uh, maybe, a, uh, maybe a family member was coming. I know um, for whatever reason, my wife gets real. Is she in here? Okay, I'm free. My wife gets a little more meticulous about how the house looks when my mother comes to town. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When the mother-in-law comes to town... You want to make sure everything's just right. And we've had some special guests in our house and, and growing up in our home, uh, some dignitaries and uh, 
great men of God and uh, missionaries and so forth. And we just try to have everything just right and make sure that we take care of them. But this was an extra special guest that came to Mary and Martha's house because he wasn't just a preacher. He wasn't just a prophet. Uh, He wasn't just someone that was used in the gifts of the Spirit. But this was God manifest in the flesh. And so when Jesus and his disciples showed up at Mary and Martha's house, uh, everything was up in a tither. I don't know if he uh, uh, gave them any uh, uh, forewarning that he was coming. I don't know if they knew he was coming. But one thing's for sure. When Jesus showed up, Martha was in high gear because she wanted to make sure that everything was just right. Wanted to make sure there was nothing laying around the house. Wanted to make sure that everyone's cup was full and everybody had just what they needed. Wanted to make sure that the bed linens were available for the beds and everything was just right. And the Bible says that she was cumbered about with much serving, taking care of the people, taking care and meeting the needs of Jesus as he was in the house. And while she was working and while she was putting forth effort, doing good things and making sure that everyone was taken care of, the Bible lets us know that her eye caught her sister and she saw her sister sitting at the feet of Jesus, uh, the special guest of honors in the house. Uh, and rather than being up and serving the guest of honor, rather being busy about the business that was needing to be taken care of, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, uh, enjoying his presence, uh, being close to him. And as he was ministering and talking and uh, uh, just sharing of himself with the people that were gathered, rather than being engaged in the serving. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, responding to the moving of his presence. And there as she sat, Martha looked and became a little bent out of shape, become a little upset because while Martha was working, Mary seemed to be lazy because she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And finally, it overcame Martha so much that she came to Jesus, not to chastise him, but to see if he would in turn use his influence to get Martha or Mary moving and doing what she should be doing. And he said, uh, she said, Jesus, uh, doesn't it bother you? Aren't you a little bit concerned that while I am here busy serving you, that Mary is just sitting at your feet and listening to you? And Jesus looked at Martha and he observed her. And then he said her name twice, Martha, Martha. In other words, I want your full undivided attention. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you got a husband that's a very busy man, and he's got a lot of things on his mind, and you want to talk to him, but you can't just say, Donnie. Sometimes you got to say, Donnie, Donnie, in order to get him to focus in on you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you can relate to what I'm saying. I know that my wife could if she were here. Uh, relate to the fact that sometimes you've got to get the attention of that person. You've got to say their name twice. You know what I'm talking about? You can't just say it once. Uh, saying it once, they're just going to brush it off. But you say it twice, you get up their eye contact. Martha, Martha, listen to me right now. What you're doing is good. What you're doing is good. And I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for your service. But m- one thing is necessary. There's one thing 
thing that is needful that obviously you don't see the importance of right now. Obviously, you are neglecting the necessary. While you're wrapped up in doing good, you're neglecting the needful. While you're wrapped up in making sure that all the business is taken care of, you're missing out on an impartation. You're missing out on revelation. You're missing out on empowerment. You're missing out on fresh vision. You're missing out on what it's going to take to get you to the next level spiritually. You're missing out on what is going to bring the miraculous into your life. You're missing out on what is going to bring anointing into your life. You're missing out on what is going to empower you to make a difference in your generation. Because while you're taking care of the good, you're neglecting what is needful. And in the meantime, your sister Mary made a choice. She has chosen that better part. And she's getting something right now that cannot be taken away from her. Let me break it down to you and make it plain for you right now. Life is busy. Life is busy. And even as Christians, we get so wrapped up in doing the things that we need to do. Not that we're neglecting Jesus. Not that we're denying the faith. And not that anything has changed in our mind in terms of whether or not we love God and whether or not we serve Him. But we're doing good things. We're taking care and providing for our families. We're making sure that the house is straight. We're doing good things. We may be focusing our attention on our ministry. Maybe focusing on people that we're trying to reach. We're doing good things. We're wrapped up in trying to move forward the kingdom of God. We're wrapped up in trying to take care of all the things that are a part of our responsibilities of life. But I believe that God spoke to me last night, shook me where I was and said, you need to quit Focusing on those good things. And you need to spend some time in my presence. You need to spend some time having an encounter with me. Because while you can try to build this kingdom, and while you can try to do your work and take care of your family on your own, you'll only get so far. But if you'll stop for a minute, if you'll halt for a minute, if you'll pull back from the business of the day and say, God, i got to spend some time with you. God, I've got to hear from you. God, I've got to have an encounter with your presence. I'm not talking about, now lay me down to sleep. And I'm not talking about, Lord, be with me today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm talking about, I've got to hear from heaven. I've got to feel the presence of God. I've got to know what you're speaking to me, Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. I believe it's a tactic of Satan to get us so wrapped up in doing good things and allowing that to become a substitute for that thing which is necessary. I want to tell you, we started out this year with a bang. Focus on prayer, focus on Bible reading. But it's been a busy year. Anybody else know what I'm, uh, can relate to me? This has easily, easily been the busiest year I've ever been a part of. Easily more responsibilities and stress than I've ever experienced and things going on. God stopped me last night and said, Quit focusing so much attention on the good to the neglect of what's necessary because you're never going to see what you want to see in your life. You're never going to see in your ministry. You're never going to see 
the happiness, the fulfillment, the satisfaction that God has for you just by trying to build your kingdom and just by trying to work hard, even at ministry, even at the things of God, to the neglect of time spent in the presence of the Lord. And last night while I was reading my Bible and then spending time in prayer, the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of me and began to shake me and said, I'm speaking to you and I want you to speak it to the church. And that is you've been doing good. You've been doing the right things. You've been doing things to try to further the kingdom of God. You haven't neglected the Lord Jesus Christ. But the problem is you have felt that there's a waste of time to spend time at the feet of Jesus when there's so many things to be done. I'm telling you, you'll never get it all done. You'll never get it all done. You'll never get to the end of your to-do list. You're going to be frustrated the rest of your life. But if you learn how to tap into the power of Jesus Christ, it shifts your thinking from carnal to spiritual. It shifts your mindset from the hamster in the wheel that's ever running, never getting anywhere, into a mindset of faith and authority and dominion and claiming new things through faith and through the power of God. Hallelujah. See... I believe Satan understands that if he can get us so focused even on things like ministry instead of relationship and devotion to God, that even ministry and working for God or working for our family or working for nonprofit organizations, good positive things, can take us away from our relationship and intimacy with the Lord. Because here's the point. Revival, a move of God, a move of the Holy Spirit, advancing the kingdom of God, which is what God has us here for, creating disciples. It all starts with birth, right? Anybody with me here? You can't grow a church if nobody's born again. And we've got to have people born again. We've got to, have, we've got to all be having spiritual babies. Do you know what I'm saying? We've got to all be having spiritual babies. That means people who we plant the seed of the gospel in them. We may just bring them to church. We may pray for them. Amen. We may teach them a Bible study. But we're seeking to see someone born in the Spirit. And then when we have births, when people are being born, then we have excitement. And when we have excitement, we have a spirit of revival. And when we have a spirit of revival, there's more births. Uh, and the church grows and God's will and purpose is done. But it all starts with birth. So here's the point. The point is you cannot have revival without excitement. You can't have excitement without birth. And you can't have birth without physical intimacy. And you can't have physical intimacy without emotional intimacy. And you can't have emotional intimacy without having a relationship first. Here's, the, here, here's what I'm trying to say to you, if you can follow along with me right now, is that the church is going to grow not because we work hard at ministry, but because we are intimate with the Lord. Can I say that again? The church is going to grow not just because we work at having good programs and doing our very best. We want to do those things that are good. But if we focus on the good at the neglect of the necessary, then something's going to happen. See, you know, our ministry and our church and our work here in the kingdom of God, it's something that God has blessed us with. It's like a baby. Amen? And when we get so focused uh, on our ministry and on our work for God and we neglect our relationship with the Lord, it's like a mother having a baby. 
and then spending all her time focusing on the baby and forgetting about her relationship with the baby's daddy. And if the father is not part of the relationship, you may raise that baby right, but you ain't having no more babies. Are you with me now? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because that relationship, uh, I don't want to get too graphic, but you need to understand that your relationship with the father is what guarantees more children being born. And the church, the kingdom of God, is about advancing. It's about new birth. It's about children being born. And it's not about pastor having and lots of babies. It's about sheep begetting sheep. It's about people of God seeing lives transformed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And childbirth is a natural product of intimacy. Did you hear that? Childbirth is a natural product of intimacy. And in our church, revival... It's not a product of an evangelist. Revival is not a product of a program. Revival is not a product of somebody's idea. But revival is a product of babies being born, which is a product, a product of intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can work hard. That's good. We can put energy in. That's good. But if we're neglecting the thing that is needful, you'll never see in your life what God has planned for you. I want you to raise your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's call upon Him right now. Help me call upon Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, we praise You. Jesus, we worship You. We worship You with lips of adoration. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Spiritual intimacy happens through worship. Spiritual intimacy happens through personal prayer. Spiritual intimacy happens when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen just with a confession of your Christianity. It doesn't happen just because of mental assent or intellectual grasping. It happens because you say, Lord, I am here to have an encounter with your presence. I'm here to know you. I'm here to feel you. I want to be close to you. I want to hear your voice. I want you to whisper my name. I want to be close to you, Jesus. I can't get close enough. I can't love you enough. God, you've been so good to me. And when you begin to move into that realm, it begins to change your way of thinking. It begins to change your perspective. Your mind shifts from carnal to spiritual. Some of you have been struggling with temptation the last few days and you're trying to work your way through it. Quit trying to work your way through it. What you need to do is become intimate with the Lord. What you need to do is have a fresh encounter with Jesus Christ. What you need to do is find the closet of prayer. What you need to do is spend some time in Jesus' presence and say, Lord, let your nature become part of my nature. Lord Jesus, let your spirit come into me. Let the fresh touch of your anointing come upon me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Because I'm not going to neglect the thing that is necessary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus said to Mary, uh, to Martha, that Mary has chosen the necessary thing. And she's receiving something 
that shall not be taken away from her. Didn't you read it in the Bible? It shall not be taken from her. Amen. The last few weeks I've been doing a lot of studying. Studying is great. I love engaging my mind. But studying can produce things that can be taken from me, but not encounters in the spirit realm. It puts something in you that cannot be taken away from you. And I looked in the Bible. One of the sons of, of, of uh, uh, Jacob was named uh, Judah. That was the fourth child. His name meant praise and celebrate, basically a precursor to worship. And when you look through the lineology, uh, the lineage and the genealogy of Judah, you realize that there's something significant about this man who, whose name meant worship and praise. Uh, that no matter what happened, it stayed preeminent. The Bible said the scepter will not depart from the hand of Judah. And throughout the, the lineage and throughout the genealogies of Israel, there was something significant about the one whose name meant connection with God, whose name meant worship and celebration. And no matter what happened, no matter what transpired, there was something that could not be taken away from Judah. The scepter won't depart from his hand. The blessing won't depart from Judah because Judah means praise. And just like in the New, in the New Testament, the Lord said to Mary, he, uh, Martha, Mary's getting something that will not be taken away from her. Something that cannot be taken away from her. And if you want to stick, if you want to live for God, if you want to be consistent, if you want to overcome, you've got to develop devotion, relationship time with the Lord. Amen. I, I know maybe I'm preaching to the choir to a certain extent, but I think there's some people in the house that are saying, this is what I want. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for waking me up. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for telling me, hey, 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 you've been doing a lot of good things, but you've been skipping the necessary, skipping what's important. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stand together right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you just to close your eyes, and I want you to just tune in right now to the Holy Spirit. You're like, what does that mean? What in the world? Tune into the Holy Spirit. That means, you know, your thoughts kind of run wild for a while and thinking about this and that. The carnal mind is going crazy. But for just a moment right now, as we begin to sing and pray together at the end, I want you to try your best to block out all of those wild thoughts that are just running everywhere. Because through our mind, we begin to focus in on the Spirit. And I want you just for a moment right now, I want you just to begin to think about how much that you love Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's not to love about somebody who's absolutely pure? What's not to love about somebody who, when they slapped him, he didn't slap back? What's not to love about one that said, you know, you're sick and I know the only way you can be healed is I've got to take a beating and it's going to be painful. But give me the beating. Put the stripes on my back. What, what's not to love? What, what's not to love about somebody that said, you're going to be lost forever if I don't receive spikes in my hands and my feet. You're going to be lost forever if I don't let the blood drain from my body and the breath go out of my lungs. And he said, not my will but thine be done be it unto me and there he was crucified what's not to love about somebody who's there whenever you're in pain somebody that when your family leaves you 
When your friends don't have time for you. When nobody seems concerned, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I love him so much. When I face the trials of my life, when I experience pain, when I feel empty, when I feel unloved, I can always turn to Jesus and he's right there. He's close as the mention of his name. Hallelujah. See, I want you to tune in to the spirit right now by beginning to think about how much you love Jesus, how much you appreciate him and how thankful you are for his goodness and if you feel like it right now, why don't you just lift up your hands to Him? The Bible says lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. I'll lift up my hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands. If you want to just lift up your face toward heaven, amen, you can keep your eyes closed. You can open them, whatever you want to do. But I want you just to begin to whisper right now your feelings about the Lord Jesus Christ. Begin to tell Him how you feel about Him and how thankful you are for what He's done for you and what He's doing for you in your life right now. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Here's the pathway to intimacy with the Lord Jesus. He said, you've got to enter into my gates with thanksgiving and then you've got to enter into my courts with prayer praise. you got to be thankful unto me and, and bless my name. And before you get into the holy place, you've got to go past the altar of incense where praise and worship and prayer issues up to the Lord. Some of you are on the threshold. Some of you are on the threshold right now of an encounter with the Holy One of Israel. And the only thing that stands between you and a divine encounter is you need to send up some praise. You need to send up some love right now. You need to send up some worship Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you don't know what to say, you can just say hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. It means I surrender my life to you. Hallelujah. Lord, you are the mighty God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, I feel the presence of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, I feel His presence. Come on. Hallelujah. It's tender and sweet. He's growing for you. Hallelujah. Now you feel something. That's the presence of the living God in, in, in an encounter with the living God. I want you just now to lift up your voice and begin to express your love to Him. Jesus, I praise You. Jesus, I worship You. Jesus, I love You. Jesus, I love You. Jesus, I magnify You. Jesus, I give glory to Your name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Before we leave today, before we leave, I'm going to open this altar area up. And I want to encourage everyone who is interested in that encounter, that experience, that with the Lord Jesus Christ where you receive new power where you receive fresh anointing as she begins to sing I'm going to open this altar up and I want to encourage you to come forward I want to pray with you I want to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus Christ 
And I want to see you experience what God has for you. So whoever you are, whatever your background is, if you're a human being and if you breathe oxygen, you need to have an encounter with the living God today. It's not just a perk. It's not just an additional. It's not just icing on the cake, but it is the cake. It's the necessary thing. Hallelujah. And as she sings, I open this altar up. And I encourage you to come forward right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's lift up your hands.
Hallelujah. Praise God. We have. We have the waters of baptism prepared if anyone wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made a decision to give your life to the Lord, you want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Right here is one brother chat. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. I want you to come see me if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm just for you, Lord. Secret place. 